What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Blazers. I am your pass-first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. All tied up, 1-1. The Blazers win game two in Denver, 97-90. It's an important win just because if they lost this game, the series was all but over. I believe in the last broadcast, I said that the the teams that go up 2-0 win more than 85% of their games. Tonight on TNT, they had the stat at, or more than 85% of the series. Tonight on the TNT broadcast, they said it's 93%, so over 90. You lose tonight in Denver, the series is over pretty much. Most recent team to come back from a 2-0 deficit, just off the top of my head, Blazers, when they did against the Clippers, when Chris Paul broke his hand and Blake Griffin shattered his quad in in the span of about two minutes. So, barring injury, it's very unlikely to happen. So this was a huge, huge, huge win. We'll get into all of that. I hit you with stats early. I hit you with stats in the first percentages in the first minute of this podcast. Apologies for that. Usually I set the stage here, so let me set the stage. We're going to talk all about Game 2. Look a little bit ahead to Game 3. For me, there's... a. There's, a, there's some glaring things that stood out in Game 2. We'll get to them early. Then we'll get to some specifics late, as we usually do in these recappy pods. So let's start with the big glaring things. One, the Blazers won a game where Damian Lillard was bad. That's the biggest, the biggest part about this win for me, from the way I see it. Damian Lillard had a bad game, and the Blazers won a playoff game on the road. I have talked so many times about how stars need to be stars during these playoff podcasts. Damian Lillard was not a star tonight. He was a bad basketball player. One of seven from three, five for 17 from the field, finished with 14 points. He had 13 missed field goals and 14 points. The last time Dame had a game where he scored under 20 points and shot below 30% from the field? April 5th in Denver. When the Blazers lost to the Nuggets on that Friday night in that home-and-home back-to-back before the Nuggets packed it in the last week of the regular season. But all year long, Dame has only had five games like this where he's finished below 20 points and shot below 30% from the field. Blazers are 3-2 and of those games. They won a game at Brooklyn right after the All-Star break and at Chicago against a JV team. Other than that, losses at Minnesota, at Memphis, and at Denver. All of them this year have been on the road. He just doesn't have many games like this. And the Blazers just generally don't win when he's been this bad. In the post-LaMarcus era, since LaMarcus left to go to Spurs, so that's the, the summer of 2015, the Blazers are... 11 and 20 in games that Dame fails to shoot 30% from the field and fails to score 20 points. That includes playoff games. He's had a couple playoff stinkers in there uh, at the Clippers early on in that series, the series they won. One of the series against Golden State in 2017 and against New Orleans last year, he also had a game of sort of this stinky caliber. So it isn't like he hasn't he hasn't done this in the playoffs. I pointed out before that Dame's had some bad playoff series, but this was even bad by his standards. And yet, and yet, with all this negativity that I have spewed about Damian Lillard, savior of the Portland Trailblazers over the last two minutes, Blazers won a game on the road. 
Huge playoff game. A season-saving playoff game on the road. C.J. McCollum had 20 and some huge buckets down the stretch. Ennis Cantor was good, but not great. Al Farouk Aminu played his best game of the, of the series, mostly because there's only been two games, and in game one, he was not good. He had 11 and 10, but he was just really good. Better than his stats. Uh, I thought Al Farouk Aminu had, was, was really strong. Rodney Hood, another really nice night off the bench. 15 points. Uh, he's found a little groove against the the small Nuggets wings. He talked a little bit about how uh, the Nuggets are guarding him in the post with smaller guys. I would uh, push back on that, Rodney, because you're not really posting up. But you are catching the ball in isolation at about 19 feet, and he's done some good things with it. Uh, hit a huge three in this one, a really big three. Him and Seth Curry. Seth Curry had one bucket. It was a huge bucket with about four minutes left to keep the lead at 10. So the Blazers won a game where Dame was bad. If nothing else, that's that's the takeaway, is that you probably didn't think that just if you look at his raw box score numbers that the Blazers could win a game when he plays like that. And yet here they are. And they're here because they were just a little bit better on defense, a little bit smarter on, on a little bit tougher, a little bit grittier on defense than they were in game one. Uh, Nikola Jokic was dominant in game one. He has pretty good numbers tonight, not great. 16 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists. Uh, Talk about the Nuggets rebounding in the second segment. It was insane. But the Blazers made it tougher on him. Uh, The only minor adjustment that that they uh, made defensively was Mo Harkless mostly guarded Jamal Murray. But Harkless only played 13 minutes before suffering a ankle sprain where he came down on... uh, Looked like Zach Collins' foot, but he might have just come down. He might have just bumped into Zach Collins on, and landed just on the sort of the side of his ankle. Uh, bent it all the way down. Looked bad. Uh, you know, he kind of limped into the locker room. Did not come back out after halftime. He was initially ruled out, ruled as questionable. Um, that probably means that it there's there aren't. It is not more serious than just a bad sprain. But the fact that he wasn't able to play was a big deal. Mo was really good when he played. In 13 minutes, he was a plus nine, five points, four boards, really active, had a nice steal in there, uh, snatching a ball away from Jamal Murray, and just he just was so much more active. He was so much more involved, and he had he had told Jason Quick of the Athletic that he 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 wanted sort of more of a defensive challenge just to feel involved. So if nothing else, putting him on Murray and getting him involved really helped him kind of get going. He had a, he rattled in a three in his brief time in there. He was really good, and he was key to that the Blazers in that first quarter kind of making things tough for the Nuggets. Uh, and then in the second quarter, the Nuggets just could not make anything. Just absolutely. They had, they finished with 12 points. And it was, I mean, the second quarter was a nightmare for Denver. And, and I, to be honest, that's where the Blazers kind of won this game. They built a double-digit lead. You know, they they probably could have led by more than they did. They were up 15 at halftime, but they had a chance uh, with the ball twice to stretch it to 17-18. If they score on either of those, we're talking about a 20-point uh, halftime advantage. Instead, they're just up 15. But that second quarter, the Nuggets, 0 for 10 from 3, 5 for 21 from the floor. Only thing helping them is that the Blazers didn't shoot much better, 1 for 7 from 3, just 35% from the floor for the Blazers. Neither team really got to the free throw line much in that quarter, and and, and sort of that ugly quarter epitomized how the Blazers basically had to win this game and did go out and win this game. 
It wasn't a game where their start, where their best player played well. It wasn't a game where they were shooting the lights out. You know, everything came easy for both teams early on in game one. They were both shooting over six, over 50%, but at halftime over 60% after the first quarter. This was not that. This was a, this was uh, kind of a brick fest, a slap fest. Some of that was uh, the Blazers' defense making things hard, keeping the keeping the Nuggets out of the paint, and some of it was because the the Blazers were so concerned with keeping them out of the paint, keeping sort of easy uh, dribble handoff lanes right to the rim, closing those off and rotating over and helping on Jokic, double teaming when he uh, when he first put that ball on the floor and double teaming off the dribble and things like that. So they were giving up open threes, and the Nuggets just couldn't make them pay. They shot a bunch of bricks. I talked about how in game one that I thought that was about as well as Denver could possibly shoot. I kind of thought the pe- pendulum would swing back. I don't know if I saw this. <laughs> like, I don't know if I saw Denver going six for 29 from three. A uh, a true, uh, like, a, you know, just the total opposite side of the coin. But the Nuggets kept themselves in this game, both because the Blazers weren't shooting particularly well either, and also because they dominated the glass like a historical level domination of the glass. So that's what I want to talk about in the second segment, how the Blazers survived a, just a mind-blowing onslaught of offensive rebounds by the Nuggets to, to pull out this win. All right. So we talked about Dame's struggles. We talked about the Blazers tightening up little things on defense. But the other sort of big thing from this game, the thing that everyone will be talking about, is 23 the Nuggets got 23 offensive rebounds. Just an absurd number. In the fourth quarter alone, where the Nuggets were mounting a comeback from down double digits, they trailed by as much as 17 and 14 entering the fourth. Denver grabbed 14 offensive rebounds. And somehow, because a lot of them were tipping in their kind of tipping in their own misses and then tipping in a miss and then kind of just at the rim tip-ins. So maybe the numbers are a little inflated. But Denver only scored 10 second chance points. The Blazers survived because they kept fighting in there. Even when they would give up, kind of, there was a sequence where they gave up an offensive rebound. There was a battle for the offensive rebound. And uh, Zach Collins was called for a foul. And uh, DeMarcus Beasley went to the line and 85% free throw shooter misses two free throws. It was that kind of night for the Nuggets. They just couldn't make anything. And then they still got the offensive rebound after two missed free throws. And then the Nuggets still didn't score, and Damian Lillard finally came away with a chance. Four offensive rebound possession, where the Nuggets don't score. It was those. T- it was just that type of night. The, the Blazers survived because they hung in there, and they got a little bit lucky. You got to get lucky to win some of these games. They were tough. They were gritty. Uh, things got a little bit physical. There was an altercation late in the game where. Uh, during two Rodney Hood free throws, Jokic kind of pushed Ennis Cantor, and Cantor uh, stumbled back a couple steps and turned around right to ram his shoulder into Torrey Craig's nose. And Torrey Craig, earlier in the game, had broken that nose when he got hit in the face by Zach Collins' hand going up for a rebound. Craig came back, plugs in his nose, custom face mask on because he broke his nose back in training camp. But he got knocked to the ground on that canter play in the fourth quarter. Uh, there had already been a timeout called, so saying that the bench is cleared is maybe a little bit of the wrong way to describe it. But, uh, you know, 
Jamal Murray came out. He was he was at the scorer's table or near it, and, and he came out on the floor to yell at Cantor. Cantor yelled at him, and there was just that kind of bad, this kind of bad blood. You know, double technicals issued for yelling at each other because the refs have to do something. But I thought that was kind of the, uh, not not the, what led to it, but the fact that there was kind of this, uh, this yelling at midcourt kind of showed what the Blazers were like in this game. They were tough. They were they were you know more than willing to uh, stand their ground and even maybe stupidly yell at the opposing bench with 43 seconds left, clinging to a five point lead. I mentioned Zach Collins a couple times. He deserves a shout-out. He had really quality minutes. He played uh, 17 minutes off the bench, uh, finished with a minus two, but he was he was fine. Like he, he, he played some minutes straight up at center against Jokic, and I thought he held his ground. I thought his first about 90 seconds, two and a half minutes in the game were really terrible, and then he settled down and had some nice moments. Uh, as the TNT broadcast has said, he might not have enough uh, – what is it cakes in his pants basically he doesn't have a strong enough butt to make up for it uh for the size he's given up to Jokic and Plumlee and I think that's still probably true it's probably even true if you put him up against Paul Millsap but Zach played with energy he played smart uh he challenged some shots vertically uh he's gonna do what he does he committed five fouls he just cannot get out of his own way some of that is just by by virtue of not being strong enough you get pushed around put out of position but I thought he played well and kept the Blazers in this game And I think the rebounding thing is, you know, I think it's important because I think it's sort of a troublesome trend that could cause the Blazers some issues if the Nuggets could have just made any of those putback layups. Like, you grab 20 offensive rebounds, say say seven or eight of those are off, are off just little putback misses. But you grab 15 offensive rebounds, 15, 18 offensive rebounds, you know, you're in trouble. I think that could be a problem in Game 3. When I get back for the third segment, I'll talk a little bit about what I foresee in Game 3, what Game 2 told us about this series and where we are. But before I do that, I want to remind you guys, you can find this podcast on the Himalaya app. It's also on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. And remember, when you get in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast Locked on Blazers. All right, welcome back. Still Mike Richmond, still Locked on Blazers. So the... The Blazers survived this game with a bad night from Damian Lillard and getting killed on the offensive glass. If you've listened to these podcasts before, you know that I think the Blazers' key to winning is, is I think valuing possessions is not uh, exactly the right word. I think that's a little too coach-speaky, but maximizing possessions. Don't turn the ball over that much like they did in game one. That really cost them, and don't give up a ton of second-chance points. They cut their turnovers way down in this game. Only turn the ball over on 10% of their possessions. That's a winning number for the Blazers. That's below their regular season turnover percentage. And it's it's basically the indicator that they're they're not giving the ball away. That then when they that most of their turnovers are forced. You know, they when, the, when that number creeps above 15%, that's that's because they they kind of wonked up the game. 10% is the right number. But the wrong number is just how many offensive boards they gave up. You can't give the the Nuggets grabbed 30, nearly 37% of their own misses. That's a, a, just an absurd number. So I still think those are the two indicators. And even though the Blazers won this game without Damian Lillard being hyper-excellent, without him being the sort of kind of killer that we've seen him be in these playoffs, 
I don't think they can survive another game like that. So for me, the keys to winning game three are pretty simple. Mo Harkless needs to play. And now that's kind of out of their control. That's a medical thing. But I think he's I think his presence is a key just because they don't have for all for as good as Rodney Hood is, they need to spell his minutes. They need to at least kind of split his minutes with a, a guy who's a little bit better of a defender and a rebounder. Just to slow down the Nuggets guards. That's what Harkless is. Evan Turner was probably a non-negative in this game. It's the best way I could describe it, but he's he has some real limitations. Yeah, y'all, if y'all listen to this podcast, you know that I'm not a fan of his game or his fit at this stage. You can figure out how to make him work in the regular season. It's much, much harder to do that. Jake Lehman started the second half in the place of Harkless. Missed his only shot of three. Pretty good look out of three. Just didn't make it. Blazers route scored by five points in his six minutes. Uh, Lehman wasn't bad. He just didn't do much. And he'd been sitting on the bench, ice cold. It's kind of a tough position to throw him in. So I don't want to judge those six minutes, really. But I don't think he's, he's, a, he's a guy who you want playing real minutes in the playoffs. So Moharkless needs to play. That's key. Don't turn the ball over. Keep those turnovers in about the number that you did in game, in, in game two. Blazers turned the ball over 10 times. But again, 10% of their possessions. It wasn't that bad. got to clean up the glass a little bit you know some of that is just because Denver's bigger uh, but some of it was just you know Malik Beasley crashes the glass really well for for a wing he's he's an elite athlete and a really good jumper and he did a good job crashing the glass for a wing Uh, with with Mo Harkless guarding uh, Jamal Murray or or Lehman did too they they took uh, Dame off Murray for the most part he's on Torrey Craig He's got to box out and win that matchup. That's tough. Uh, Blazers are just a little undersized at the other spots. Jokic is an elite rebounder and just a giant person. Uh, Cantor isn't a great defensive rebounder, but he's got to be better. They just need him to be better on the defensive glass. And whoever's matched up at power forward with, be it Plumlee or, uh, or Millsap, they're probably going to be at least slightly undersized. I mean, Aminu is about as tall as, as Millsap, but Millsap's just a little thicker, a little stronger. So they got to clean those things up. But I expect in game three, I expect a, a uh, determined bounce back home ready Damian Lillard. You know, he had 39 in game one, but he had six turnovers. I don't think he played particularly well. Tonight, he just ob- objectively didn't play very well. I think we see the sort of MVP-level determination of Dame in Game 3. And I think that's going to be a key. Stars are going to be stars. And they got to be if the Blazers are going to win. The Blazers are undefeated at home in the playoffs, but maybe hasn't been the site of their best basketball. Game 2 against OKC, they were fantastic. That was was as well as we've seen them play. Game one of that series, they weren't particularly good. Game five of that series, they were, y'all know, they probably should have lost until things got magical in the final three minutes. So maybe Nurk shows up early in this one. The magic starts early. But sort of the simple things, maximizing your number of possessions is, is always going to be the key one. It's always going to be the one I circle. Box out a little bit. Be aware of, of 
guys crashing in. Because the Nuggets are, they're, you know, they were going for offensive rebounds probably more so than they were worried about transition defense. They're also missing a bunch of shots. <laughs> they knew they were off. And then have your stars be stars. And I really think we're going to see Damian Lillard at his absolute best. I would bet a lot of money that we see the mean, angry, determined Damian Lillard. And why, I, I think that's for a couple reasons. One, he just hasn't had, he's just been so good in this playoffs, you don't think he can keep playing like this. Or he won't have it in sort of another game of this caliber. You think he'll kind of he'll the pendulum will swing back for him too, but also because I think Dame kind of thrives off maybe some of these uh, these big moments where he can kind of get hyped up and uh, there's some bad blood. He really seemed to thrive off of that personal matchup with Russell Westbrook in round one, and now there kind of seems to be some bad blood brewing with the Nuggets with. Uh, Jamal Murray jumping off the bench to yell at Ennis Cantor with, uh, with with just how physical and how and 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 how much teams just don't like each other by game three of a best of seven series. I think we see Dame thrive off that. It's good to see CJ uh, bounce back after he had a had a, a stinker in game one. He was. Uh, he was really good. He had some big, big, big shots down the stretch. He had a big assist down the stretch. He was he kept the Blazers uh, afloat in this one, and then they just gutted it out. Beyond that, as always, those are the keys. I'll talk to you after Friday's game. I appreciate you guys listening. Tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. We'll do it again soon.